Welcome to Meaning Over Money, a different kind of financial podcast where money is never about money. Welcome. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are so excited to have you here. We hope you're having an awesome week. And regardless of when you're listening to this, we hope it adds value to your journey. And if it does add value, it would mean the world to us. If you would share with a friend or to rate and review our show, it makes a big difference. As you know, we love your questions. Your questions, your feedback is awesome. It's the fuel for what we do. And recently, we received a DM and it said this, help, I have a spending problem. Some of you can relate to this person. And this was a serious DM because it's a serious topic. I think there are people that have a problem when it comes to spending. And we're all wired a certain way. Some of us are wired more as savers and some as givers and some as spenders. And there's nothing wrong with being a spender. There's nothing wrong with liking to spend. My wife is a, is a big spender. She loves spending. That's how she's wired. And if done well, it's great. But for some, there's consequences. There's a struggle behind, behind that. And so the first thing I wanted to just throw out there is that spending isn't bad. And if you've listened to this podcast you know, you know, more than a handful of episodes, you've probably heard us talk about this. Spending isn't bad. The point of doing this money stuff isn't to spend less, it's to spend better. So you're never going to hear me say spending is bad. But there is a reality that some people struggle with it. That's a reality. Some people struggle because there's an addictive thing going on, something that's very, very serious. And if there's, if there's more of something like that, we definitely want to seek help, seek help counseling therapy. We want to address that. But so that's not the person I'm going to talk to today because if there's a real addictive piece of that, addicted to shopping, um, a compulsive spender, there's things in there that this isn't going to help. And, it, and if you're in that camp, definitely please go seek some professional help that can really help you address the core, the root of, of some of this and help you make steps. Um, it's worth it. Please do that. But for others, other people that don't have the compulsion and maybe the addictive piece to it, you just struggle. There's a lot of things you like and you, you want to buy them and so you buy them. And a lot of people have this. This is a common thing. So we're going to talk about that. There's a lot of consequences. When we spend too much, let's just call it when we overspend, there are consequences. Number one, this is kind of the mathematical one, but when we spend too much, it can hinder our progress on other things that matter. It can hinder our progress on uh, getting out of debt and freeing ourselves up. It can hinder our progress of saving for that car or that house or the fill in the blank. It can hinder our progress of being able to give. It can hinder our progress of being able to save for retirement or a kid's college. It can hinder a lot of things. When we overspend, it's kind of like you're filling the bucket, but there's a hole in the bucket and you can never fill the bucket because it's leaking. So when we overspend, there are, there are natural financial mathematical consequences. 
when we overspend, we can often end up in debt because we have some really great tools at our disposal to go into debt. It's called credit cards. So if we overspend and we don't have the money to spend, well, we can put it on the card. That becomes an easy outlet for people. When we overspend, there can be relational damage with friends, with family, with our spouse. I deal with this a lot in my, in my profession. With one spouse that has a spending problem and the other spouse that would prefer they not have a spending problem. They would prefer that they have more responsibility with their saving and investing and their giving. It can cause significant damage to marriages. And when we overspend, it can create feelings of guilt, regret, defeatedness. We can really be hard on ourselves. It can really take a toll on us emotionally. So, how do we address this? I'm not just going to sit here and say, well, well dummy, stop overspending. That's, that's not, that's not going to do anybody any good. And that's how a lot of the spouses try to handle it. The spouse will say, just stop spending. Well, that's, that's, that sounds great, and in a perfect world, that might work, but that's just not how it works in practice. So we're going to talk today. I have, let's see, I have nine things. I have nine things that we can do to help our overspending problem. Number one, we have to give ourselves grace and forgive ourselves for the mistakes that we've made in the past. And by the past, I, mean, I could mean it could mean for decades, all the way up to this morning when you woke up. We all make mistakes. We all, we all do things we wish we could do differently or get back. So we have to give ourselves grace and we have to forgive ourselves because if we cannot forgive ourselves for the mistakes of the past, it's gonna be really hard to make progress for the future. Number two, we need to figure out why is this a problem? Why do we struggle with spending? And there could be a number of issues. Common, you know, the, your background is, is a big one. How did your childhood, how did you grow up? Because we are, whether we like it or not, we are a product of our childhood. And two common things I see. Number one, people that grew up in a home where spending was just what we did. We just spent and we spent and we spent and we spent. And therefore, they learned that. We learned we just spend money. We make money, we spend money. That's one option, one route that I see people taking. The other one is people that grew up very poor. People that grew up having nothing. Or people, or more particularly, the people that had something and then they lost it, or things were good and then it disappeared. Often what happens in those situations, if people really lacked as a child, when they become an adult and have money, it's, it's unleashing that money to have the things now that you didn't have then. And so you can see both sides of that, but our background makes a big difference. The second thing is that we're just naturally wired in different ways. My wife is just kind of wired as a spender. 
And that's never going to change. She's never not going to be a spender because that's how she's wired. That's her natural inclination. And that's okay. So that, but that does influence it. Another thing is we could be seeking out instant gratification. That could, it could be a problem because we might get that high, that euphoria of spending money. Even if you're not a spender, I think you probably know what I'm talking about. I'm not a huge spender, but when I get something new and shiny and awesome, I feel that, that feeling of euphoria. I'm excited. It's like a high. And some people seek out that high. And one of the reasons they seek out the high is because they might be trying to mask something else. Sometimes we call it retail therapy, but when we're hurting, when we're stressed, when we're scared, when we're angry, we might mask that by spending. And so that could be a reason. And then the last one is we might be trying to portray a certain image or status to those around us. Some people overspend and that we call it keeping up with the Joneses. We're trying to portray ourselves as successful to our coworkers or neighbors or families um, or, or, or you fill in the blank. And so we just need to be aware of why are we doing the things we're doing? The next thing we need to do Number three, we need to recognize that spending isn't bad. It is not bad. It's not inherently bad. Because if we tell ourselves it's bad, we're setting ourselves up to fail. So we need to recognize it's not bad. The things we're buying aren't necessarily bad within reason. Number four, if we, if we really want to stop overspending, we need to figure out why? Why are we going to stop overspending? <coughs> it's certainly not so that we can put a lower number in a spreadsheet. I don't think spenders don't care about that. Spenders don't care about mathematical success. There's got to be a bigger purpose. There has to be a bigger reason. One of them might be because they want to be able to, to do different work or they want to be able to pay for their kids' college, or they want to be able to, to invest the money for retirement. Whatever it is, but we have to have a why. We have to have a purpose. We want to stop spending because. And one of those reasons might be, I just want to have a better relationship with my spouse. I just want to have a good marriage. And that's a good reason, too. Number five, we need to budget. If we can budget, we have a chance at getting control of this. Because what's typically going on is people overspend because they don't have a plan. And if you don't have a plan, you're not really accountable to the plan, so what's it matter? So when we budget, we have a plan and then there's an expectation that we follow the plan. But number six is where we get in the way. We don't want to cut too deep. Often when people are going to make a budget, they think to themselves, well, the po whole point of a budget is that we cut back everything to bare bones. That's not the point of budgeting. Budgeting is a two-step process. 
the most important part of a budget is not to cut. The most important part of a budget is to get control. So we don't want to cut too deep. If let's just say, let's just say you're spending a thousand dollars a month dining out. And I've seen a lot of people that spend a thousand a month dining out and you feel like you're overspending. Then cutting back to 50 bucks is not reasonable. If you've been spending a thousand plus for the last three years, you will not cut it back to 50 next month. It's just not going to happen. So oftentimes what I like to do is when we start budgeting with, with clients, we don't cut much at all. We're just trying to get control. If you can get control, if you can set a number, so let's just say the number was a thousand. Let's say we're going to, let's cut it to 800 and we're going to cut it to 800. And then the point of the exercise is, okay, this month you are going to keep it around 800, but then know what it was. It's not enough to, for it to actually be 800. You have to be, to have an awareness that it was 800. You have to know where it went and have control and transparency and clarity over what actually happened. You can always cut more later. Now you're not going to get to 50 bucks. If you try to get somebody to 50 bucks on something that they've been spending a thousand on, at some point they'll break. They will just break and they'll say, screw this. I'm not doing this. I'm done. This is lame. Budgeting sucks. So if we want to cut, let's cut slowly and cut to a level that's reasonable. So don't do it both at once. First get control, then start cutting slowly. The next one is we need to celebrate the wins. We need to celebrate. One scenario I, I see play out a lot. Let's use the $1,000. Let's say we, we, we were at $1,000 and we budgeted 800 and the actual number turned out to be 850. Sometimes people will think to themselves, well, I failed. I went over by 50 bucks, but that doesn't mean that's a loss. First and foremost, the fact that you know it was 850 was a win. Let's, let's name the win. Let's celebrate the win. That's a big deal. But the fact that you pulled it back to 850, now you didn't get to 800, you went over a little bit, that's okay. You got closer. We're not going to be masters at this stuff on month one. And what I typically see is somebody, they'll say, okay, and then they miss their budget by 20, 30, 40, 50 bucks, and then they feel like they failed. No, it doesn't mean you failed. It means, it, it just means that you're learning. That was still a win. Let's celebrate the win. Let's celebrate. That was worth celebrating. We're getting better. Number eight, we need to give ourselves grace when we mess up. The hardest part about doing this money stuff intentionally is that you develop an awareness that you never had. And let's just say that person could have spent 1400 dining out last month, felt nothing, felt nothing. And they, they budgeted 800 and they ended up at 850. They feel guilt and remorse because they failed. 
But the only reason they think they failed is because they actually had an awareness of what happened. So we need to give ourselves grace. We need to, we need to know that we're going to mess up. We are going to mess up. We mess up ours all the time. My wife, I mentioned she's a spender. Hi, Sarah. We've had a couple months in the last six months where she made some mistakes on her spending. And part of me is like, gosh, like we've been doing this for 12 years, Sarah. Can we, can we get it right? And the reality is she's going to mess up and then I'm going to mess up. I've messed up a couple times in the last year. And that's okay because we're not going to be perfect. We're not little robots. And so we give ourselves grace. And then number nine, we need to keep practicing. Just know it's like anything. The more we do it, the more we practice it, the more repetitions we get, the better we'll get. So we practice. And then we practice again and we practice again. Most people are probably three to four months away from being really good at budgeting. But those first few months are tough. Those first few months really get to us. We have an awareness that we never had. We get frustrated. We feel like a failure. And then we just give up. My encouragement is don't give up. Keep getting better. Let's just say you're really bad. And then the next month you're still pretty bad. And then the month after that you're bad. You're still getting better. That's still progress. Progress is all that matters. We have a lot of months to figure this out. And I hope you do. So those are my tips. Those are my nine tips on how we can battle overspending. And if that's you, I hope, I hope you're not hearing me condemning you. I'm not. A lot of people deal with this. It's normal. And it's okay. I'm, I'm cheering for you. I hope... I hope you find some confidence and encouragement in, in this episode. And I hope that you implement some of this, not so that you could be magically better tomorrow. It's not going to happen. But you could be a little bit better tomorrow and then a little bit better after that and then a little bit better. And slowly but surely, you can work your way into more of a healthy standing with spending where spending doesn't put you in a bad financial spot. It doesn't hinder your progress. It doesn't hurt your relationships. It doesn't put you into debt. And you don't feel those negative emotions of, of regret and guilt and defeatedness. So I'm cheering for you. If you need anything, reach out to us. We'd love to help you. We'd love to give you some, some assistance in any way we can. We, we, just, we want you to win on this, this matter. So that's all I have for today. If you'd like to connect with us outside of the podcast, we'd love to hear from you. You can find us on Instagram, Meeting Over Money. You can find me, Travis Shelton, on Instagram. You can find our Facebook group for the podcast where you can discuss the content with other listeners. And you can find the link in the show notes or just type in Meeting Over Money podcast in Facebook. Uh, you can find our YouTube channel. And, of course, you can find Meaning Over Money, our financial course for young adults where we teach young adults how to live for the meaning and not for the money. And if you decide to buy a course from us, please don't pay full price. As our way of saying thank you, we'll give you 25% off by using the promo code PODCAST25. PODCAST25. And if, if that's not for you, if you have no interest, that's okay. We're just glad that you're here, and we hope this podcast continues to add value to your journey. Take care, guys. 